In this video, you will hear about the life of a man who is the model of true world leadership. A man who the godless liberals and communists wish to tear down the statues of. They may tear down his statues, but they will never take his eternal crown because those wicked people will never see heaven. In this video, you will hear Father Hugo speak of the life of this great king and saint. He will contrast it with the current age of Judeo-Masonic rule against the ages of truly Catholic rule. This current age of absolutely pathetic, immoral, and godless leadership, leadership that has mass murdered tens of millions of the defenseless unborn and massacres millions more through unjust wars, a Judeo-Masonic government that steals the wealth of the people through usury, unjust taxes, regulations, government-made inflation using fiat currency printed out of thin air to rob the purchasing power, the wealth from generations of working and middle classes. This is the modern-day alchemy that the ancient occultists and Freemasons had always been in search of, and now they have found it, and they are using it to enslave the world. Look at the society that these Antichrist people have brought you. We have Drag Queen Story Hour to destroy the innocence of the youth. We have sodomites pretending to be married. Men and women mutilating their bodies in the delusion that they are now the opposite sex. We have music, art, and architecture that comes straight from the depths of hell and promotes everything that is immoral and filthy. It is truly a culture of death and is run by the living dead, the spiritually dead, the morally bankrupt, and the criminally insane. As you listen to the life of King St. Louis, listen with hope and trust in the promise of Our Lady of Fatima, that in the end, her Immaculate Heart will triumph. And with this triumph, Christ will reign as King again as a centuries-old prophecies regarding the great Catholic monarch who will rise to power from France come to pass. This great Catholic monarch who will destroy Talmudic Jewish communism, who will destroy Freemasonry, destroy Islam, destroy the sodomites, and destroy the infant killers. We have only to answer Our Lady's call to make reparation to the sins committed against her Immaculate Heart and the sins committed against the Sacred Heart of her Divine Son. If this is the future that you hope for, if this is the King that you long for, then you must act. Make every day a day of reparation. Pray the 15 decades of the Rosary every day of your life and live the faith, the faith that these godless, faithless tyrants wish to steal from you. They may steal our money, they may steal our churches, they may even steal our lives, but they will never rob us of our one holy Roman Catholic faith. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Today we honor a very great saint from another age, from the highest of all ages, of all history, 
which is the Catholic ages of the faith, which stretch in their beginnings from, Con from Charlemagne, from about the 500s to the 1500s, about a thousand years. And the blessed Bartholomew Holzhausen, he says, when the Apocalypse speaks of the thousand-year reign of Christ, we know that the Catholic Church has condemned the idea of the thousand-year party, the, the, the party with Christ on earth. That was condemned in a carnal way. So, blessed Bartholomew Holzhausen, he holds that the thousand-year reign of Christ was about from 500 to 1500, the thousand year, and the reign of Christ being on this earth, the kingship of Jesus Christ, recognized by the leaders, the kings, the queens of all society, and the union of church and state, working together to save souls. The state has its domain, which is the temporal domain, and it's indirectly subordinate to the spiritual domain of the church they're not separate just like the body and soul in our body says Pope Leo the 13th and st. Thomas Aquinas our body and soul if they're separate you got death so the church and state also must work together but the state cannot dictate on who become bishops and they cannot dictate on how many candles to put on the altar that's not the, the place of the state nor can the state dictate who can go to Mass, and how to organize what takes place in the church, such as the ridiculous social distancing, or wearing of masks, or how to give out communion, or whether or not you could sing. Even the governor of California made a fool of himself in his communist endeavors to even stop singing in the churches. It's absolutely out of their place. And the bishops who are spineless should put these tyrants in their place but the bishops are in the hands of the secularists and the globalists so but ideally the church and state should be working together and the state also has to has its place the state cannot dictate on uh, where to build bridges or how to manage taxes or what pertains to the temporal affairs the church only can govern and say you cannot teach a morality in the schools. The schools for the education must be under the auspices of Mother Church, of the Catholic religion, so that they're given the truth. So on matters of education and marriage, the church and state do mix. And in those cases, the church has the upper ground to say and guide. And I speak of the Catholic Church in her tradition, not this conciliar Vatican II revolution for six, 56, 54 years now. And then um, the state has to know her place as well. She doesn't get involved in, in uh, necessarily on elections and stuff like that. Only when it pertains to morality or to souls. So normally a traditional good pope today, if Pius X was in the throne, he would definitely be condemning this whole global one world religion and the one world socialist movement to smash the small family businesses, to smash private property. The Catholic Church would certainly, in her tradition, defend 
the the family and condemn, of course, abortion. And the and the Pope Pius X would absolutely say it would be a mortal sin, for example, for any anybody, let alone a Catholic, to vote Democrat this year. It'd be an actual, absolute mortal sin to vote Democrat this year. That's clear as day, because they're so perverse, so evil, and their agenda is so pro-communist and anti-Catholic and anti-natural. But I'm not saying by that that the Republicans are all, all the, the good guys either. They're just as big rats. And when actually, when you look at the whole question of democracy, modern democracy, the whole thing has been condemned by the church. Because it's based on the idea that authority comes from the people. This is false. The authority comes from God. All authority comes from God down. So the President Trump's authority right now, he may be elected, but his authority comes from God. And he has to answer to God. And Catholics are uh, happy and very optimistic about his stand with the pro-life. And he's the first president to do so, and that's a great thing. And for that, we certainly praise and, and encourage him. But we certainly stand opposed to some other positions he's taken, which, for, for example, he takes pride in being the most pro-GAY president in history. And that's a, that's a shame on him. And he'll answer to God for that. Because such sins, of course, bring a destruction to the nation and to the cities, because God punishes them. So the whole democratic modern world governments are all messed up because of one basic reality, one basic stand they have taken since the French Revolution, and that is we will not have this man, Jesus Christ the King, reign over us. We will not have him as king. And that's the problem. And that's why we Catholics, we don't trust this republic. We don't trust this modern democracy. We don't, we don't approve it. And we reject the, her the heretical errors on democracy, that authority comes from the people, that the majority vote determines what is true. So that if 90% of the population vote for abortion, then it must be okay. That's false. Absolutely false. God is not democratic. God and Jesus Christ the King are the truth. And it's for man and modern governments and politicians to submit to that, to Jesus Christ the King. And not for Jesus Christ to submit to modern governments. And that's why Cardinal P, he said, when you look at all of history, including the whole Old Testament history, the best of all times, when you had the most holy and exemplary kings and queens was the high ages of the faith that surpassed even David and Solomon and the best of the Old Testament history. It was the Catholic ages. And one of these, and during this age you have a whole, really a whole crusade of men running, sprinting, fighting for heaven. Hence, the building of so many monasteries, convents, mon uh, cathedrals, churches. <clears throat> you have so many movements of the guilds, the working man guilds, which Pope Leo XIII held up as an example 
and a model for modern men to strive for. Reform the, the great guilds. So you have a guild of doctors, you have a guild of constructors, a guild of nurses, guilds of uh, the medical or the agricultural domain, or even the technology domain. But these guilds uphold the reign of Christ, they help each other, and we have a little bit of example of this in the, in the Amish today. I'm not praising their heresy by far. I do admire their way of life, it's certainly down to earth literally and it's a lot healthier to raise children without the whole computer deformity and the whole modern way of unhealthy way of life but it is still true today if an Amish family let's say a barn of theirs or their house even burns down all the other Amish pull together and build a new one for them they all help each other and this was the idea that the Catholic guilds always had. That if there was a tragedy, you didn't have to rely on sewage and su lawsuits and uh, the Federal Reserve and, and this whole false structure giving power to the enemies of Christ, the Judeo-Masons, but they helped each other. They applied what Christ actually taught. If you have someone in need, help him. What you do to the least of these, you do to me, Christ said. And you're always going to have poverty with you, our Lord said. There'll always be poverty. But this is now the, the lie of communism and its goal for world domination. They're, they want to pretend to get rid of all poverty. And everybody's a king. But what happens actually is everybody, everybody becomes a slave to the slave state. And that's why if people will bow down to the mask mandates... It's one step from bowing down to the vaccine mandates which are coming around the corner. And we as Catholics got to be clear, we cannot accept vaccines from aborted baby cells because it's intrinsically evil to kill a baby directly. You can never justify this, ever. And uh, it's so sad that the traditional movements like the SSPX the Conciliar SSBX has approved this, and you cannot approve it on the principle that abortion is intrinsically evil. So you cannot participate in it in any way, nor receive vaccines with shots that have aborted baby cells. Yet Bill Gates is going to promote this, he has been promoting it, and we know he has an ulterior motive, <clears throat> which is also to... Uh, practice eugenics, which is what the Nazis did, which is what uh, the whole thrust of communism, <clears throat> evolutionists, and the globalists, which is to kill off a large portion of the human race. And they will do it with these vaccines and something to do with 5G and the whatever they put in with the vaccines. There will be some connection with the 5G as well, as many... Uh, authoritative figures are saying and just cause more death <clears throat> and sickness and another angle I know this isn't the highest angle but look at it from another angle in this present fabricated crisis someone's making billions of dollars off of stickers everywhere that say six feet apart 
plexiglass everywhere. Someone's making billions. And when these vaccines, someone's making billions. And we know the pharmaceutical system, they want a chronically sick people so that they can make money off of all the drugs they sell them. And the drugs have side effects which make them more dependent on more drugs and more drugs. And finally they go to the hospital where they're finally finished off by mercy killing. It's an ugly system. <clears throat> and it's satanic. And all the popes, in a, in a former age, the popes would be condemning this. And the popes would be excommunicating Pelosi, Biden, and even uh, the cardinals and bishops he would also be ex excommunicating and punishing for the lack of protecting the people from these governors who are crushing the people and bringing in communism and socialism and bleeding, slowly bleeding to death, the small family businesses. So what we're watching is, in fact, the tanks rolling in, but it's a different kind of warfare. It's the smiling needles and the vaccines, and it's the, uh, the whole perversity of abortion and euthanasia, all with a smile, all hygienic and clean. You can bet the abortion clinics all have their masks on, and everything is washed down five times a day, and yet there's been more abortions in this planned fear-demic period than many years before. And another angle, which even doctors and honest psychologists are talking about now, is the effect that these lockdowns and the whole social distancing and masks have on children. Anxiety, depression, suicides are skyrocketing. Domestic violence, drug use, alcoholism, nothing is good has come that's good from this fear-demic. And it's, I bring this all out just to point out, these are the effects of governments and nations and leaders, including inside the church since Vatican II, who have rejected the reign of Christ the King, who have rejected the sweet yoke, the sweet governance of the heart of Jesus, who teaches, love your husband and wife, Husbands, cherish your wives. Wives, be submissive to your husbands. Take the children God sends. Don't kill them. Don't contracept them. Children are a blessing. And in fact, on an economic level, help the economy for the future. And take care of their parents for the future. The way of Christ the King and His commandments is the best economy. It's the most fruitful and prosperous political order you can ever dream of. And it's the most happy of all. And that's why the ages of faith, everything about the ages of the faith, show a happiness, a healthy society, because suicides were hardly ever heard of. And children were just, families were strong, happy. And the proof of this is the readiness to sacrifice their virginity, their youthfulness to God. Because society understood the glory of God and getting to heaven is what really matters. The confession lines were definitely full in the Middle Ages. It wasn't a utopia of sinless people. Not everyone were saints. But the, govern the governments, the leaders, protected the laws of Jesus Christ the King.
and of His Catholic Church. And that's the difference. What we're watching today is a modern world being punished in the absence of Christ the King. So it's as if God could say, you don't want my son to reign over you, like the gospel today. We don't want him to reign over us. Okay, then you'll live without him. And in comes the Judeo-Masonic police state to crush the people, make them sick, and live. you treat them like slaves and use them, use them for their own goals. So the popes have all, traditional popes, have condemned this whole movement to what we're living in now. And now we have popes glorifying globalism, glorifying everything for the, that goes against Christ's kingship. So it's what Our Lady of Fatima foretold, and that's why it's such fresh air to look back at one of these great saints, St. Saint Louis IX, who make all our presidents look like pygmies. St. Louis the Knight makes all the world leaders today look like a bunch of criminals. Because St. Louis the Knight was a true political leader. Because he knelt down before Christ the King at Mass. When he was anointed King, it was the Catholic Bishop, traditional Catholic Bishop, who anointed him with the sign of the cross, a special blessing that's in the, the, the Pontificale of a bishop's ceremony, ceremony books. There's a special blessing for the leaders of countries. And St. Louis IX used to work miracles. He would make the sign of the cross on the sick or lepers and they would be cured. At seven years old, his mother told him, My dear Louis, Louis in French, I'd rather see you dead in my arms than, than in the state of mortal sin. And he never forgot that. And this boy grew up riding horses, galloping all day and into the night. This boy knew, had to learn how to fight with a sword because he was also a knight. And he was raised in such a Catholic setting, in such a Catholic age, it's beautiful. He knew St. Thomas Aquinas. He knew many saints. And I think he even embraced and met St. Francis of Assisi also, and St. Dominic. So it's, a, it's such a great age. So let me just summarize his life from the very breviary of the priest breviary today. St. Louis IX, King of France, having lost his father when he was only 12 years old, was educated in a most holy manner by his mother Blanche. When he had reigned for 20 years, he fell ill, and it was then he conceived the idea of regaining possession of Jerusalem. Now, remember, the reports were coming back how the Muslims were slaughtering so many Catholic people, raping the women, and just cruelly torturing many of the pilgrims coming in from Europe to pray at the places where Christ was crucified, where he was born. So word of this was coming to Europe and that's why the Pope, a good Pope, called for the crusade to protect these pilgrims and regain Jerusalem. So St. Louis responded to the call of the church, the good popes at the, at the time. Of course the modern historians smashed the popes in the crusades as all evil and selfish and seeking gain and gold. Well, okay, maybe there were some cases of that, 
are abuses. Just like today, our military is far from clean. There's plenty of corruption, plenty of ambition, plenty of all kinds of vice. So, but the Crusades, as what the popes called, and what the kings like St. Louis, was a noble and chivalrous and great thing, which was the glory of Christ the King and the protection of the weak and the women and the children who were being smashed and killed and slaughtered and raped by the Muslims. So he vowed to go twice to the Crusades. He led them himself. After that, crossing the sea with a large army, he repulsed the Saracen Muslims in the first battle. But because a great number of his soldiers perished from true plagues, he was himself conquered and made a prisoner. A treaty was then made with the Saracens, and the king and his army were set at liberty. So those who lived with the king at this time said there were times when the Muslims tried to humiliate him and tried to uh, mistreat him. And he, they say he always was noble, always majestic. And uh, the Muslims came to respect this great king because he truly had the love of Christ in his heart. As king, he used to make the hosts for mass. He would grow the garden to make the wheat and the grapes with his own hand make the hosts and the wine for Holy Mass. He, he attended twice a Mass every day. He would spend much time before the Blessed Sacrament. And St. Louis IX, one time someone complained to him, why are you always praying in, in the chapel? Why are you here so long? And he responded and said, if I was out hunting like other kings, you would have no complaint. Here I am before the King of Kings. And you complain. St. Louis IX, moreover, rebuilt numerous Christian cities out of his own resources. Meanwhile, his mother departed this life, and on this account he was obliged to return home, where he devoted himself entirely to works of piety. Remember, he also built the great La Sainte Chapelle, which still stands today. At the French Revolution, the, the Mason, these Freemasons went into Saint-Denis, where the kings and queens of France, most of them are buried. They dug up the bones of St. Louis IX and scattered them and burnt them. And that shows their hatred for Christ the King. That's the real picture. And then um, he also received the crown of thorns, which also the French Revolution tried to destroy. That church now is just a museum. St. Louis IX built many monasteries. Can you imagine good presidents funding monasteries, encouraging the large families? Well, he did. Monks to pray. And monks and convents and nuns, when there's armies of them, they are the best for the good of the nation, let alone the whole Catholic Church. Mother Mariana heard from the voice of the Virgin Mary that you cannot believe how many storms, plague, true plagues, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, disease, all disasters, so many are averted by the prayers of monks and nuns, she told Mother Mariana. So if a good leader, a political leader, really looks for the good of his nation, he's going to promote the kingship of Christ 
consecrate the whole nation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, put his heart on the flag, as Christ asked of the King of France, and they refused to do it. Hence, they were punished a hundred years later to the day at the French Revolution, with his head chopped off by the guillotine. And these Black Lives Matter communist movement, they're already talking about bringing back the guillotine. So get ready. Get ready. They will certainly go for any who resists their communist anarchy and promote the kingship of Christ. So this great king also uh, built hospitals for, and places for the poor to be cared for. He relieved the needy by his beneficence. He frequently visited the sick himself, whom he not only supplied in abundance at his own expense, but even in cases of necessity, he himself wrapped their wounds, bathed them, and cleaned them with his own hands. Look at that. What a king. And he, had, he would often settle lawsuits and problems between people sitting under the oak tree and just settling, settling problems himself. Hearing their problems and settling himself. And the people loved their king. And in France, it was known that Catholic kings could, and it's been known, some of these Catholic kings could be sleeping under a tree in peace, just on a journey, take a little siesta in the afternoon, because they didn't, they didn't need bodyguards, they didn't need all these uh, protection around them, because the people loved their kings, because their kings loved them, their people. They were true fathers to their people. And St. Louis the Ninth himself dressed very plainly, and under his garments he often wore instruments of penance. And to his daughter Margaret he gave on her marriage day a gift in a box. When she opened the box it was a, a rope to scourge her back. And he, and he said, this will help keep you pure and holy because there's many temptations in the courtroom or, you know, the noble life has a lot of sometimes impure things going on. Men and women are always men and women, so uh, that whip would help her, which it did. He wore a plain dress and constantly afflicted his body with a hair shirt and with fasting. But when he had once more crossed over to wage war in the Crusades against the Muslims, and had already pitched his camp in sight of them, he died of the pestilence while saying this prayer, I will come into thy house, I will worship towards thy holy temple, and I will give glory to thy name. And he died with these words on his lips, longing for the heavenly Jerusalem. His body was afterwards transferred to Paris, France, and is kept and honored in the celebrated church of St. Denis. But the head is in the sacred edifice called the Sainte Chapelle. Of course, this was written in the 1300s, so his body was, by the Freemasons, scattered at the French Revolution. So, what a great king who proclaimed and defended the kingship of Christ, but not just St. Louis IX. Look at St. Henry of Germany, the great emperors, Holy Roman emperors, St. Edward of England, St. Vladimir in Ukraine, St. Olaf in Norway, St. The saints uh, of Poland, St. Casimir, and the great St. Ferdinand of, of Spain, 
uh, and so many other saints, kings and queens, who really love their people, sacrifice for, their, for the good of their people. These are true leaders and who love the truth first, who love the truth first. That is, they protect the true doctrine, the true Catholic teaching of tradition, and the true faith of all time. These are true good political leaders. And whether or not for Christ the King, you can't trust any of them, any of them. But when they're for Christ the King and promote him, you can trust them. And look at the Garcia Moreno who consecrated his country in 18, I think it's 74, or 70, in that, in that time, consecrated Ecuador to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And for a whole week they had celebrations with cannons blasting and fireworks and good food and celebrations. And he knelt down with the great cardinal, Jose Ibarca, the bishop of that city, who knelt with the president of the country to consecrate their nation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. This is the true meaning of the reign of Christ the King. And of course, the laws are in conformity to the Ten Commandments. That means no divorce. That means no abortion at all. No euthanasia killing off the old people, which they're doing now, systematically killing them off, so cutting off water and all food. This is, this is murder, absolute murder. It would, it would be a ban to uh, give to kill people to get their vital organs. That would be absolutely banned because that's murder also. You may give smaller organs like an eyeball, a kidney, blood donation, those are fine, but you can't give your heart or your lungs because they have to kill you to get it. This is condemned by all moral law. So a Catholic society, we are so far from it, we can't even imagine. But look at the fruits of once was a Catholic society. Today even, the fruits shout the glory of Christ the King. The stone cathedrals, the ruined monasteries of England, built for the glory of God. So many saints, look at the architecture, look at the honesty in the judicial system, and the treatment of criminals even was honorable. And there was, of course, capital punishment which kept people in check and not letting prisoners out today like they're doing now and are supporting anarchy and revolution by these rotten, tyrannical governors and governesses. And then, uh, what a, and then look at the other fruits of the music of the time, the artwork, the artwork and the architecture which surpasses modern architecture by far. Building a medieval cathedral today would be billions of dollars and they wouldn't even know how to do it because a lot of that art is lost. So let me just conclude by just saying there was uh, a speaker in the, fr the French monastery years ago in, uh, in uh, La Barue when it was still with tradition and Father John of the Cross told me this. And he said there was a speaker there who, who uh, knew a, a couple. The husband was a Quaker and the wife was a Puritan, something like that. Really bad mix. But anyway, they were seeking the truth and praying for it. 
and they traveled all through your this is long before Vatican II so they traveled through all the main cultures of the world they saw the Buddhists with their cold system and the Hindu system of the reincarnation and the poor begging in the streets and just people just walk by they don't care because that's what the, the life they're supposed to be in so there's no mercy and charity that Christ teaches they saw the, the Chinese pagan culture which was had a lot of respect for the elderly but a lot of immorality and a lot of things wrong with it, especially the degradation and enslavement so to speak of women understood correctly and then <laughs> they saw the Protestant culture which was cold even the food was tasteless and uh, the coldness that comes with Protestantism and having visited and seen all these cultures they concluded the most beautiful the most fruitful the most happy of all cultures was the Catholic civilization the Catholic way of life healthy the women are women and they're happy to be mothers and consecrated to God as nuns healthy large families strong manly men this is what a Catholic society produces and true education true love of truth and it, it's a shining light that the ages of the faith still rebuke the modern age for rejecting Christ the King so we're suffering the punishment of rejecting the sacred art of Jesus over our nation that the founding fathers in the liberal clergy of the United States Cardinal Gibbons Father Ireland and uh, Bishop Carroll of Maryland Baltimore Maryland these were all liberals they all believed in the Masonic system and have turned their backs on Christ the King and Vatican II is, is, is just an explosion of this revolt against Christ the King so Archbishop Lefebvre handed down to us the true, good, solid doctrine of the kingship of Christ, the constant teaching of the Catholic Church of tradition. That's where we stand, that's where we fight, knowing that Our Lady of Fatima, her words will come true, that we'll finally be a good Pope, Russia will be converted because the Pope will obey Our Lady and consecrate Russia, and there will be a great triumph of her Immaculate Heart. It seems impossible today, but I don't doubt her words. And she said to Mother Mariana in Quito, right when it thing, seems things are completely lost and the Catholic faith almost extinguished off the face of the earth, then I will step in and overthrow the Judeo-Masonic suffocation over the, the world by the globalist agenda. So keep fighting, little flock, here in Nashville. Fight on. These are days of greatness. These are days of heroic virtue. Just keeping the commandments today is heroic. Persevere in the battle. Stay close to the Blessed Mother, especially her Immaculate Heart. God has given great power to the heart of Mary. And you want to not just pray to her, but live in her heart. Live in her heart your thoughts, your affections, your words, your whole chores, your duties of state, live with her for the glory of God. And she will take your hand and lead you closer and closer to her son, so that on your deathbed, with her scapula and rosary in your hands and around your neck, she will be there to defend you against the ancient serpent, 
and she will take your soul to before the throne of her son and plead for your salvation and she'll she'll say look look how many rosaries she are he prayed look how much he thought of me and she will plead for our case and the devil will be there also trying to accuse and he'll have all the list of our sins because he keeps everything he keeps track of the whole list and he'll expand on it and expand on it and it'll look like boy there's no chance but our lady will say look at the rosaries and the love that this client had for me and in one case saint louis de montfort describes someone who died and he was at his judgment and all his sins were just outweighing everything but the virgin mary came at his judgment just placed the rosaries by laying one rosary on the scale that saint michael was holding he's often pictured with the scale with the balance she placed the rosary on the other side and it outweighed all the sins so uh, love the rosary and let's go now to the sacrifice of the mass begging the heart of Jesus inflame me with a great love for thee Lord that I might fight for your honor in this apostate age and obtain heaven O Mary conceived without sin O Mary conceived without sin O Mary conceived without sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost
great campaign leads us to Africa again. In this vast desert, pay the price for him who once did sacrifice. Oh!